This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Bull the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. Well, the all is right in the world. Willie Bebe and Nikki Backstrom are back in the lineup. Congratulations, boys. Welcome back to the team. We have missed you guys. What a, a crazy, fun ride it's been so far. But thankfully, Backy and Wilson are back in the lineup, making these caps feel more like the caps again. Joining me, as always, to talk all things caps, my buddy Dan, Coach Dan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Rocking the old the old uh, white, blue, and bronze of Bondra while we record tonight. How are you, man? You decided to go old school tonight. I did. This is one of the first jerseys I ever – this actually is the first hockey jersey I ever bought. I went into the the old Sports Authority. I oh, remember on, those. Uh, Rockville Pike down here in Rockville and uh, wanted a jersey. Went and bought a Peter Bondra. And you're still fitting it. Look at you. Uh, I think it's actually a little big. <laughs> oh, but humble, I don't think I've lost, I def no because I definitely have not lost weight. It's definitely been the other direction. <laughs> uh, yet I think I just bought it and it was like way too big on not way too big, but it was definitely was big on me. So I, I remember you bought the kid uh, a jersey when they were on sale at Fanatics, and I was like, dude, you should get this for the kid. Get it for him. And then you sent me a picture when it came in, and he could fit in it maybe in six to ten years. It's huge, Otto. <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing. His arms are just like flapping around. I mean, he definitely can't wear it now. Yeah. Not even yet. I mean, he's only three. I mean, I was going to say three and a half, but he's past that. His birthday's not coming up till the spring, but he's still got a little ways to go. But he's uh, went to the Bears game back before the new year, just shortly before. And uh, he loves it. We got him a Coco stuffed animal. For anyone who hasn't been to a Bears game, uh, that is their mascot, a bear named Coco, which makes sense. Um, he, he loves it. He loves the bears randomly. He'll just start going. He'll, he'll start a chant of let's go bears around Good. the house. I'm okay with that. Uh, so I need, I need to get him to a caps game so he can give them a little bit of, uh, some chance too. Cause he, um, I asked him the other day, you want to go to a, a caps game? And he goes, yeah. Or we could go to a bears game. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but, but the caps, like that's a team. <laughs> this is a team we also like. But the Bears games, I mean, they are dramatically cheaper. But they're a lot of fun to go to. Uh, if you have not been to a Bears game, uh, anybody out there, check it out. It is a lot of fun. And from our, get... I mean, from you, you're up in Baltimore. How far is it for you? Like an, an hour and a hour half. And... Hour and a half. Maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm about two hours. Yeah. Did you get him one of those uh, foam bear heads that he wears around his own face? So, no, <laughs> no, I don't know if he would actually would have liked that. He uh, let me tell you, actually, the one thing about the Giants that's a little disappointing is they don't have a lot of at least they didn't that night. They don't have a lot of the uh, merchandise stands. I So what I took him, I took him and his friend who's five years old and we walked around the, the rink, the whole concourse during one of the intermissions to let them burn off some energy. And there was the main store which they're limiting how many people are allowed to get in the store because, I mean, it's not a huge store, but it's nice. 
And there was one, one merchandise stand, which actually happened to be like right outside our section, which I'm blanking on. There's like 223 maybe? They used um, to have those that, like, that was like it. They, there's spots of them. for more. Though there are definitely like, there's spots you can do pop-up ones. Um, but there was only one that like clearly was like built into, you know, a little uh, uh, enclosure. They only had one open that I could see like, I think at least two more that could have been open that were not. Interesting. All right. Well, but that would be my only complaint. That and the fact that they ran out of the dollar hot dogs uh, after like the first intermission. But aside from that, definitely check out a Bears game. It's fantastic. Great atmosphere. Uh, a lot of fun and much, much less expensive. Even oh, yeah. paying for gas, you're still saving money. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's get to it. Let's talk about it. Willie and Backstrom are back in the lineup. Uh, they came back on Sunday. They got their own little intro videos on on Twitter and Facebook, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, small sample size, very small sample size. What have you thought about this team since these two guys have come back? Well, I mean, I think since they've come back, the team's been kind of hit or miss. And I think I think the big thing is that we need to give them time before anyone's like, well, clearly they're not like their old selves. Because think about this. <laughs> When you come in after the offseason, which essentially these two have done, you get a couple of weeks of uh, a preseason, you know, and then you get a couple of games. What, three, two, three, maybe four games to get right. warmed up before the regular season begins. So they've had a little bit of time to come back, not quite a full preseason. They've had no preseason games to play. So it's going to be a little while. I mean, right now we're sitting here at, what is today? The, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 12th, right? So they played, when did they come back? Against Columbus, right? Sunday? So yeah. they've had two games. I'd say they probably need until after maybe Arizona next week. Maybe even the Vegas game to really start to feel like their old selves. I mean, they got to get the conditioning up. They got to get used to the speed again, the physicality. And they're not doing that with everyone else. They're doing this while everyone's been playing for months. So everyone else is, is is at where they need to be playing. I mean, hopefully other teams are not playing well, just the Caps. But the other teams are in midseason form, and these guys are still in, in – I was going to say spring training like this is baseball. They're still in preseason mode. It's so It's got like a month. We, Yeah, it's true. That's a little freaky. So we need to give them some time, and, and I think we need to, to lower our expectations a little bit in terms of how they're going to um, – how they're going to do and potentially to the detriment of the team, though I don't anticipate it being too much considering, you know, the guys that got moved out of the lineup weren't dramatically producing. I liked what we saw in Alexi Protis. I liked what we saw from when he got to play in Joe Snively, but it made sense to send both those guys down. Snively, you know, passing through waivers. Both of them are down in Hershey. Hershey's getting stacked. And they're already tied for first in the AHL. This is, a, like I was saying, go to a Bears game. They're a fun team to watch. And then you've got Mantha up in the press box, which I know we're going to talk about. And then likely Albe Kubel. Like, these aren't guys that were producing dramatically. So I don't think it's going to affect the team too much, having two guys that are still coming back and getting used to it. But, you know, I, I think this is a team right now that they definitely had their low earlier in the season. And I think they had a bit of their peak in December. And now we got to see what is this team? Who are they really? Are they one of the top teams in the NHL? Are they a really good team? Are they a playoff team? Or are they a team fighting for a spot? And I guess my guess is we'll find out between now and the trade deadline. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Were you uh, worried at all about Joe Snively getting picked up and, and getting claimed off waivers? There was a little part of me that was like, oh, I don't know. This guy, he had a good showing last season. Some people may have, have taken notice and could snatch him up. Luckily, they didn't. But were you worried at all? I was. I, I thought a team that isn't doing as well. So you take one of the teams that maybe they're looking at rebuilding or they already have started their rebuild or they're looking at going, we need to trade some vets. You know, like the cat, if I was the caps in 2000, was it three when they were, did their fire sale or 2002, 2003, I would have picked up Joe Snively. Like I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. If it doesn't work out, that's all right. I think his contract is done after the season anyways. So it's not like it's going to hurt you in the long run. He's not making a ton of money. So, oh, he's got one more year on his deal, but it's only at 800000 so it's not going to hurt you. Right. You know, if he doesn't, if he comes in, doesn't play well, you can put him on waivers or put him in the minors. It's not going to hurt you. So, I genuinely was surprised. I was expecting him to get picked up. Um, but he did, and it's, you know, good for him because he gets to stick around in the area. Because he's from, what, Northern Virginia? Yeah. So, he yeah. gets to be, you know, relatively in the area he grew up. He's up in Pennsylvania now playing with the Bears, but he's playing on a very good AHL team. He has every opportunity to try and make this team again later this season or next season. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm glad he's still a part of the organization after he lost two good players or two good prospects and guys that could have really been done doing something, um, at the start of the season. Yeah. And, uh, you guys really should check out caps this morning. They had a great interview earlier this week with the head coach of the Hershey bears and how important, uh, hockey is to that town and how much they enjoy winning. So it's been a while since they've had a championship. One neighbor told him so high expectations for Hershey and they're just going to get stronger now that they've got guys coming in like Joe Snively and Alexis Protus. So very cool um, that he passed, passed through waivers and that those guys get to go to Hershey. Now, one guy who may not be happy about the return of Wilson and Backstrom, which hold on, let me, before we get to Anthony Mantha, I noticed something on Reddit. There was a, on the, the cap subreddit. Somebody said, it's kind of a silly question, but how come Wilson and Backstrom didn't go to Hershey to do any like warm up games? Why are they already starting here? And somebody's answer was they're literally just too good to start in Hershey. So, <laughs> I mean, is well, you that have players that go down to the minors and they, you know, play it like a conditioning stint. And honestly, I don't have the knowledge to know as to whether they'd be eligible for that or not. I don't know if the, I, I imagine there's certain qualifications and things you have to, you know, boxes you have to check to be able to do that. And my guess is that they are not uh, allowed to do that kind of thing for whatever rule. And I'm sure it's probably some agreement between the NHL and the Players Association or the NHL and the AHL or something along those lines where it's not in the NHL's best interest or the AHL's best interest to allow, you know, really, really good NHL players to come down and take the – the spot of guys that are uh, that should be playing in the minors. So yeah, that would have been beneficial, I guess, but you know what? I think it's all going to work out in the end in terms of having these guys get up to speed. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about Anthony Mantha. You know, when all of this was announced, Backstrom was coming back. I kind of tweeted to you and uh, sent a gif of, of somebody looking kind of nervous and said, Anthony Mantha right now. And you're like, no, I don't know. I, I think he's okay. I don't think he's really thinking that right now, but Anthony Mantha has now been a healthy scratch two games in a row. I definitely can see uh, Coach Laviolette sending a message to Anthony Mantha with uh, with that. Do you want to call it a benching? 
I don't know. I, I Healthy scratch for Anthony Mantha. He said he knows he has to do better. There's got to be more for him to work on. So, Coach, what do you think of this this new thing with Anthony Mantha? Is it is it a sign of things to come? Is this the last time we've seen him in a cap sweater? What are, what are your thoughts here? I don't think that it's the last time we've seen him in a cap sweater, but I do think we are into the – hope to an extent both for the caps and for his his career that we are into the final days of him being a part of this organization and that's not to be mean it's just not working out you know so when you make a trade sometimes they work really well and and you get a a troy brower or you make a trade and you get a brower, brower trade i mean the brower trade getting oshi like sometimes you make that trade and it works out really well and sometimes you get martin Eret and it doesn't yeah. work out so well so there's you know it's always a risk when you make a move like that, but that's professional sports. And so I think with Anthony Mantha, and I know there was the Japers Rink article uh, or piece they put out about how it's not necessarily his fault. You know, the fact that, you know, we might be misjudging or, and this is not necessarily how they put it. This is how I read it. Um, it's not Mantha's fault that he's not producing. I, I take issue with that because it's a hundred percent his fault that he's not producing. And yes, he's getting less minutes. And potentially, I think I read the some of the least amount of minutes he's ever gotten in his career. He's got about average 10 more seconds. He is um, ice time than last season, which wasn't a ton. He's been on the fourth line. Now he's a healthy scratch. And when you have a guy who's making as much as he is, who's with a team that doesn't have the cap space, and he's sitting there with a cap hit of three, uh, sorry, 5.7 million, that's a problem. And then. He's talking about, and you hear quotes from Laviolette, and hearing really quotes from Anthony Mantha saying that being a healthy scratch was a wake-up call. What did you think you were supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, did you just come here to collect a paycheck? Because I don't think that's the case. Like, he seems like he wants to play hockey. And, and a quote here I'm reading from Samantha Pell, who's the Caps beat reporter for the Washington Post. Mantha's quoted as saying, I think it's just my work ethic. Right now, that's what I need to do if I want to get back in the lineup, and I'll have to show them. Why is your work ethic an issue? This is not a situation where you're making minimum wage. You're making, I'm assuming it's the same as his cap, unless he's got kind of one of those weird contracts where it goes up and down, $5.7 million a year to play a game. Like, your work ethic should be much better. And I understand there are so many things that go on with professional athletes. And obviously, 5.7, he's not getting all of that. He's got agents and managers and all sorts of, like, you know, things he does. And I'm sure, like, the, 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 NHLPA or something takes a cut or whatever the case may be. But the fact is, if that's his thing that he's not motivated enough or his work ethic is the issue, I have a problem with having him on the roster because that's not what this team can afford right now. The coaching staff shouldn't have to be coming in and getting you to play harder because you just don't feel like it. Like, let's go. Let's make this happen. This is not a team that's trying to do, trying to just make the playoffs and see as they grow together. Like, this is a team that has aspirations to win the whole thing. So why is he not playing better? That's my question. Why is he not producing better? Is it his fault? Is it the, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the skill set. Is it the style of play doesn't fit his, his particular style of play? I, I don't know, but this is clearly a match that isn't working. And so if he's still on this team after the trade deadline, I will be somewhat shocked. Like, I just, I don't understand. And they still got him for another year. If I'm Brian McClellan, I am pulling, putting out feelers, being like, I'm looking to make a trade. 
it frees up cap space. If he's not going to be playing, it's not like it's going to hurt your lineup not to have him. The only concern is that if you have an injury, knock on wood, to one of the top six or top nine guys, then that's where you can plug him in. But he wasn't producing anyways. So you're going to put him back in versus you can call up Alexi Protus. He doesn't have to go through waivers. You can call up, in theory, McMichael. He doesn't have to go through waivers. LaPierre doesn't have to go through waivers, I believe. You know, you've got guys that you can plug in. You've got Albe Kubel who could plug in and you could, you know, third or fourth line and he bumps someone up or whatever the case may be. There's options here. But he's getting outplayed by Sonny Milano. He's getting outplayed by Dylan Strom. And these are guys that are making a lot less than him. Well, Strom's not like a ton less. He's two point oh math. Two point two less. So the reality is it's not working out. He's not producing. The team's not gaining anything from him, and they're they they're losing the cap space. So in my mind, he's got to go and you trade him. You find a team that's looking that thinks, you know what? He might work out better for us. I had proposed on Twitter talking with our buddy Ryan about getting, I don't know how to pronounce this dude's last name. Cause there's a Y in there where there shouldn't be, but the defenseman, <laughs> Jake Churin, Churin, Why is there a Y in there? Anyways, there should be a different vowel. Uh, try to get him. I don't think it's going to work. And what they would have to give up to get him is probably a considerable amount, but from what I've read, they want like two first-round picks or a first-round pick and a first-round prospect, probably plus an NHL player and maybe something else. You know, would they want Mantha? And, I mean, I'm not trading McMichael necessarily or LaPierre, but would they look at uh, Alexi Protis or someone else that the Caps have in the system? Because that dude's, what, like 24? And he's still got like $4.5 million as a cap hit for another two seasons. I, th- I think it's two seasons after this one. Like, that dude is – this team needs to get younger, and he is good. So if you can bring him in, like your defense is getting a lot better. And with Carlson out, likely the rest of the season, you know, we'll see if he comes back by the end of the season or the playoffs. And this defense having, if you actually look on cap friendly right now, because Carlson's on long-term injury reserve, I think he's on LCIR at this point. Everybody is a free agent, either unrestricted or restricted right now. Looking at kind of like, like that's a little scary to look at. They have no defenseman next season wow. on the NHL roster right now. Now, obviously, that's going to change. Martin Favari, he's a restricted free agent. They're going to re-sign him. Alex Alexiev, they're going to re-sign him. I would not be shocked to see Van Riemsdyk and likely Gustafsson re-signed. But you want to start getting a bit younger. My guess is Orlov, they don't have the cap space for him. He's probably gone. Carlson will be back on the team, assuming his ear is better, you know stays attached. Yikes. And... You know, bringing in a kid like a, a Chukrin, I mean, if that's even his name, I genuinely have no idea. Um, I'd love that move. You know, I know LA has apparently been keeping an eye on him. I think I saw Calgary's keeping an eye on him. The Caps are not rumored at all to be going after him, but, you know, bigger surprises have happened. He's wanted out of Arizona all season. But I also appreciate that he's been being, as far as I know, professional about it. I could be wrong, but I'm not seeing a lot of stories anymore about him wanting to move to a different market. So here's hoping that the caps can, can bring a guy like him or even him in to be able to provide for the future. Now my, my wonder here with Anthony Mantha is, I mean, his production is down, but I brought this up before. Will that change now with Tom Wilson back? If he does get back into the lineup and gets paired up with Tom, could his game become what it was when he first got here? What he got, wasn't it four games in a row he was able to get a goal? First guy to do that after, you know, his first four games as a capital, get four goals in a in each game. I wonder if just the fact that 
if Tom and him were able to get back on the same page, if that would change anybody's mind of what he can do. Now, the other thing, it, too, is he, he does take a hefty contract, and if he's not playing well, is anybody going to want him? Is anybody going to want to trade for him? He's he's not playing well. He's got a hefty price tag. They're going to be like, hey, your fault for signing the guy. We don't want your issue. It's not our problem. He's just going to be $5 million sitting up in the press box. That's on you guys. Like, I don't know. Is anybody going to want to take that headache? Yeah, crazier trades have happened. I mean, this is not like an old dude. He's 28. He'll be 29 before next season. He's got one year left on his deal after this year. I would not be at all surprised that a rebuilding team might be like, you know what? We need to be able to reach that cap floor. We, If we're rebuilding, we want to be able to have you know someone that's a proven NHLer around. It's not a terrible idea. It's just not working out here. You know, he still can put up numbers somewhere. So I think someone would potentially take a chance on him, uh, especially knowing that it's somewhat, it's not a completely low risk, but if you don't have salary cap issues, it's not the worst idea. So let's look at these line combinations. Now that Baxterman and Wilson are, are back our top line, Alex Ovechkin, Yevgeny Kuznetsov, Sonny Milano, on the right wing, Sonny Milano, a guy who, uh, who who was pretty much given up on back in Anaheim last year, really came in, has lit the world on fire. We were worried with Backstrom and Wilson coming back that he would be kind of hitting the road, but quite the opposite. Right wing number one line with Ovi and Kuznetsov. Uh, I, I Milano has to feel pretty comfortable with where he is right now, and if I'm if I'm Brian McClellan. I'm signing that guy to a two, three-year deal right now before he gets too expensive. Line two, we have Lars Eller on the wing, Nick Backstrom at center, TJ Oshie on the right wing. It's the geriatric line. The geriatric line. We got two injured guys and I, Lars Eller. I don't. It's, I'm not the used old to see, guys. I'm not used to seeing him on the wing. I always thought he was a center, so that's kind of funny to see him on the wing. Then uh, line three, Connor Sheary, Daniel Strom, Tom Wilson. Quite the demotion there for, for Daniel Strom. I think he was doing pretty well with Ovi on the top line. And then uh, line four is Marcus Johansson, Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway. All right, that one seems kind of normal. But big things here, Milano on the right wing, Eller on the left wing on the second line. Again, these line combinations, definitely not anything I, I think any of us would have seen you know, in in training camp to see any of these line combinations. Like, you would think, being an uneducated fan or something, that they would just stick all the names in a hat and pull them out and say who's going to play where at this point. I mean, I kind of understand moving Eller. Not really. I think, you know, if you're going to play him, you're going to play him at the center spot. I think part of that might have been a reluctance to move Strom to the wing. Then maybe they want to keep him at center. Maybe it's, you know, they're trying to see how these four guys can do as their centers going forward before potentially moving for a, getting a winger. Does that mean moving Eller out? You know, there's still a lot of time before the trade deadline, so there's still possibilities of what they, they're looking at different things and seeing how they work out. Yeah, I, wouldn't, not like, move, I, mean, I wouldn't move a, Strom out of the center spot. Strom has done really, well. Oh, I like really what he's well. done. Yeah. And it's not, you called it a demotion. I think it's only a demotion on paper because he's still playing with Connor Shearer, who's having a great year, True. and he gets to play with, oh, right. Tom Wilson. So yeah. there's still offensive firepower coming from that third line. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of you're, you don't necessarily have Strom playing in front of Nick Backstrom and you have Genny Kuznetsov. But I wouldn't be surprised necessarily to see, 
you know, do we see the next game a lineup of something along the lines of like Strom, Wilson, and Oshie on a line together? I know Oshie and Wilson both play on the right side. Do you shift one of them to the left? Do you have a Shiri Strom, Wilson, or a Shiri Strom, Oshie? I wouldn't mind basically flip flopping the second and third line. I feel like would make a little bit more sense to me. Uh, but also, Backstrom's just coming back, so maybe they're not trying to put too much on him right now. I mean, they weren't getting a ton of minutes. I think I, I heard on Caps this morning it was like 14 minutes, which is not a lot. You know, usually you're getting Backstrom and Wilson are getting up there in the, the what, probably low 20s to mid 20s, um, depending on the game. But I mean, they have a lot of work to do this off season or even during the season in terms of contracts. Not just needing to re-sign guys, but making sure that they're they're getting some guys locked up because every day that Strom plays and produces. And as you talked about, Sonny Milano plays and produces, they're getting more and more expensive. And this is a team that doesn't have a huge amount of cap space and does have a huge amount of defense when they need to sign. So the sooner you can lock them up at a, a, as friendly a team deal as you can get, the better because Milano's, I mean, like you were talking about, you know, he left Anaheim. I didn't even realize this until I heard it on caps this morning, but he had a, um, a PTO with Calgary, so he got a tryout over there, right? And got released from it. And so I know they're saying how Kuznetsov was like, really? Like this dude's pretty good. Like why is no one picking him up? This is a thing that could really work out for the Capitals. I mean, they were talking about Brett Connolly in terms of how he was a guy that was kind of bouncing around, wasn't really working out, came to DC, and it really worked out well for him and the team. Milano could be the same thing, but Milano. I don't remember how old Connolly was. I think he was a bit older. I mean, Milano's not an old guy by any means. He turns 27 in uh, early to mid-May, May 12th. That's, I mean, this is a guy that you need to start having in your top six because his team, like we said, needs to get younger. Having him, having Dylan Strom, who turns 26 uh, in early March. Like, this is where these guys are starting to come into the prime of, the, ideally, the prime of their careers. Nothing wrong with locking them up for, like you said, two, three, out, you know, even potentially do you go four years? Maybe not, but a three-year deal, maybe a bridge deal until they get that big one when they're getting into their, you know, when they turn 30 or early, uh, right before they turn 30. And I like what we're seeing from these guys. I like that this team isn't going into the offseason necessarily trying to get younger. They have the opportunity to do it now, and then they know what they need going into next year. But we could very easily see a team next season. You know, you got Ovechkin, you got Backstrom, Kuznetsov. Who knows what's going to happen with TJ Oshie, but you potentially have guys that have come in and can produce at somewhat the same level, if not start producing at the same level next year in Strom, in Milano. We still have Connor Brown coming back. He's got... Ooh, actually, he's a free agent after the season, so that will be a decision to be made uh, in terms of what they're going to do with him. But there are opportunities here for this team to get younger, but they need to lock those two dudes up. Eller, on the other hand... I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone after this season. I mean, he is an unrestricted free agent, so they have a decision to make, and it could be very, it could be as simple as thank you very much. You've scored, you know, potentially one of the most important goals in Caps history. We hope you have a great rest of your career. After our show last week, I was listening to Caps this morning, the very next day, and it was the official halfway point of the season. Uh, I feel like this season just started. Like, I don't even feel like, I don't even know what to say. Halfway through the season already, we've played that many games. I, I had no idea it's been that long. It doesn't feel like it. But where do you think the Caps are right now, halfway through the year? Do you feel good about this team? Do you like where they're at? I mean, December was a really good month for them. They started off, you know, kind of uh, lackluster, but really have come into their own. 
What's your thoughts so far halfway through this season? I mean, I think this team is as the standings show. They are sort of middle Mid. of the pack. Mid. You know? Yeah. I mean, right now they're fourth in the Metropolitan Division. They've got 52 points. They're one point behind the Rangers, but they've played two more games. They are three points behind New Jersey, but New Jersey have played somehow three less games. Who can't rate the schedule? And then Carolina, they're five points behind, but Carolina's played three less games. And so I think they're, they're a, uh, as we would say in European football, they're a mid-table side. They're, you know, they're pretty good. I don't know if they're really that good. Now, we play way more games in the end. What, almost more than twice as many, not quite three times as many games uh, compared to like teams in the Premier League. But, I, you know, I don't think they're as good as they were in December. And I don't think they're as bad as we saw before that. I think they're kind of mid, middle of the pack. That isn't to say that they can't change that. You know, they if they have a great rest of the season, then obviously that changes things. But, I, you know, that I think that's kind of where they're at right now in terms of being they're, – they're a good team, I think is the best way to put it, the best way I can think of putting it right now. They are a good team. They're not a great team, but they're a good team. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, what do you think the biggest storyline is so far of this year, halfway through? Personally – I have to say that, just like last year, the big storyline here, goaltending. But unlike last year, the goaltending has been pretty stellar, and we've got a great duo here. We've got uh, Darcy Kemper, who has, what, the most shutouts this season of any goaltender in the NHL. And we've got Charlie Lindgren, who you can lean on 100% as the number two, and who really helped turn this team around in December. I, I think that that's the big storyline here. The goaltending went from, you know, a zero to a hero real quick. Yeah, I mean, Kemper, I, not even Kemper, Kemper, Lindgren, the goaltending tandem that they have now is, is like you were saying, it's like the opposite of what they were dealing with last season. We're going into every game. They're like, well, I don't know. We'll see what <laughs> we get. And so now these are two guys that you can rely on. And it's not like you go to the backup and you're like, mm, you know, pretty confident in him. It's like, they know that he's going to give you a good performance. Kemper after a bit of a slow start, but so was everyone else on this team at the beginning of the season. You know, he's really turned up and he's, he's playing some great hockey and goal. And I think that's exactly what this team needs. I think it's great. They've got him locked up for what is it? Four more years after this. So I, I like it. They got him locked up for four more years. They got two more years of lingering. And I think the nicest part of that is it gives them an opportunity to bring along a young guy or a couple of young guys through the draft, whatever the case may be, signings, uh, free agency, that they can bring along that will then take over for Kemper once he's done in net here in D.C. So I, I like the moves. I like what they did. A little concerning in terms of how he might Kemper might do towards the end of his contract. He'll be... 33 in May, so he'll be what? So he'll be 37 at the end of his deal. But you know, some goalies can play into their early 40s. So you know, it's something I'm overly concerned about. Something to keep an eye on. Um, but I, I, I really like. I like what these goalies have brought to the team, and and I think they made some. The Caps themselves, McClellan made some really good moves this offseason, bringing these guys in. Absolutely. All right, so uh, Coach Dan, anything else we should talk about here on Caps World? Well. Uh, I kind of brought up the Carlson thing earlier. Did you see that about how he had to have his ear reattached? Yeah, that's that's gross. gross. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and I was like, Ugh. like that's... that. Oh, I explained what there's, and that explains a lot in terms of like his injury because it was like I don't 
because there was a picture of him right for like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day shortly after the injury, and I was like, he seems fine. Yeah, like I hit the head. So my immediate, my immediate thought after the puck to the head was concussion, uh, brain damage, or like a broken cheekbone or something. And, and so he's out the rest of the season. I was like, okay, a shattered cheekbone or something going on. Like dudes, you know, drinking protein shakes for the next six months or whatever the case may be. But uh, ear reattached. Did not, did not have that on my bingo card. Did not see that coming. And uh, yeah. that is gross. That's yeah, all did. I'm saying. But hopefully he's better soon. But ugh, I mean, gnarly. that's going to take time to, to heal. If, if he's going to have stitches and stuff, you really like you can't take the risk of getting hit anywhere near that uh, while that's growing back together. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of blood when that puck hit him. So I was like concussion, maybe like a, a, a side effect, but there's definitely something else going on. But first uh, first thing I thought of was Mick Foley, who who lost his ear in a match against uh, Vader in Japan where uh, his head got stuck between the two ropes. And when he slid out from the ropes, his ear got uh, squeezed off pretty much. So I was like, oh, oh, that's that's kind of gross, kind of gross. But hopefully John Carlson is OK. Hopefully we'll see him back on the ice sooner rather than later. But, yeah, scary stuff to, to have a part of his ear taken out by a puck. So really gross. But um, is that it for Caps World? I think so. All right, that's it for what's going on in Caps World. Now let's go down on the farm. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going down on the farm. We are talking Hershey Bears and South Carolina Stingrays. Coach Dan, what's going on down on the farm? Let's start in Hershey, where the Bears went 1-1-1 with a win over Syracuse. Bears are currently first in the Atlantic Division with 50 points, three points up on second-place Providence, though the Bears have played one more game than the Baby Bruins. Now, they'll be back at it on Friday and Saturday when they host Springfield for both games at the Giant Center. In other AHL news, the league announced this week the rosters for the 2023 AHL All-Star Classic. Hershey Bears head coach Todd Nelson will serve as head coach of the Atlantic Division team, while Ethan Frank and Mike Vecchione will represent the Bears uh, first for each player. The 2023 AHL All-Star Classic is on February 5th and the 6th in Laval, Quebec. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 3-0-1 with wins over Atlanta and Savannah. They're currently tied with Atlanta for first in the South Division with 44 points. Two up on, I guess, third place technically if there's a tie, right? Third place, Florida. And I'll be back at it on Friday where they will... This is interesting because I didn't catch this back in December, but they're going to finish the final two periods of a game from back on December 17th. That game had to be postponed. Brandon? The Zamboni broke down. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess those are kind of uh, port important for ice hockey. If you're the driver of that thing and you're like getting ready to go and it's not going, you're like, uh oh. Like hitting the thing. You're like, oh, uh, help. <laughs> Somebody fix it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they're going to, I remember I was looking up the schedule and I was like, continue. Or it was like postponed or continuation. I was like, huh? What's happening? <laughs> like, when do they have to do this? So that's kind of fun. Anyways, they'll then host Florida for back-to-back -back games on Saturday and Sunday at the North Charleston Coliseum. 
Now, we were talking about All-Star Games earlier. Travis Ward of the Stingrays has been named the equipment manager for the ECHL All-Star Classic. I never really thought about that with All-Star Games. But, yeah, they got to bring in someone's medical staff, equipment guys. So that's pretty cool. So Travis Ward is a D.C. native. He actually worked with the Capitals organization as the equipment manager for the MedStar Capitals Iceplex beginning in 2015. And he assisted the Caps with training camp, rookie camp, and manage all of their equipment for the Washington Little Capitals of the AYHL NAPHL. The ECHL All-Star Game will take place on Monday, January 16th at the Norfolk Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia, and will air live on the NHL Network. That's what's going on down on the farm. Well, congratulations to everybody that has been named an All-Star in the AHL and the ECHL. Really cool stuff there. I guess we should say congrats to Ovechkin for once again going to the NHL All-Star Game. I don't know if it's a... Do we care about the all like it's no. just so like I feel like some of the players that they get like they get the notice of like, hey, you're gonna be an all-star, and they're like, dang it, I wanted to go on a quick vacation. Yeah. Didn't uh uh what was it? Uh Yager who had said that. He was like, I wanna lose, I wanna go home early. <laughs> he was done. <laughs> all right, well, go bears, go stingrays. Now let's go around the NHL and beyond. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going around the NHL and beyond. Plenty of stuff going on in the world of hockey. So, Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Let's start in New York, where the NHL announced the head coaches for the All-Star Game, selecting Rod Brindamore of Carolina, boo, Jim Montgomery of Boston, Peter DeBoer of Dallas, and Bruce Cassidy of Vegas. Now, coaches are selected based on having the highest points percentage for their respective divisions through this past Wednesday. So these guys also don't get a little vacation. In World Juniors news, the 2023 IIHF World Juniors Tournament uh, has come to a close. Some team up north of us won. Don't care. Anyways, Czech Republic was awarded the silver medal and Team USA won bronze. Yeah. That dude who's going first, Connor Bedard. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty good. good at hockey. Pretty good. He's He's, he's got skills. <laughs> now, with the World Juniors in the books, we now know the groups for the 2024 tournament. The host of next year's World Junior Sweden, they'll play Canada, Finland, Germany, and Latvia in Group A, while the Czech Republic, who uh, bronze medalist USA, Slovakia, Switzerland, and Norway will make up Group B. The IIHF has been busy with all these tournaments, though. I mean, there's a lot going on. They even have one going on right now as the U18 Women's World Championship Tournament is happening. Over in Sweden. Over in Sweden. Nila Lapushanova of Slovakia is going viral online due to her making history by being the first woman to score a Michigan goal. It's where the player picks up the puck up onto their stick from behind the net, wraps it around, Tucking into the top corner. You know what? I don't really understand how this goal happens. Like, I have two questions about this. One, why is the goalie not like, get out of here with this nonsense? And two, how is there not one defenseman that's like cross-checking you or punching you in the chest as you're trying this nonsense? Like, I don't understand how people pull this off. 
this this uh, specific goal was all over the world juniors. Like the men were trying, like every team, every player was trying to make this goal happen. And all the goalies, it. all the goalies were like, ah, uh-uh, not on my watch. Like, I just, I don't understand how that one works out. Now, even more impressive is that in a U18 tournament, she's only 14. So we're going to see a lot more of her in the future. Now, the tournament is currently going on as we record in the semifinals. U.S. is up against Sweden. Canada, they're taking on Finland. And finally, in the way, way future news, we were talking about Norway earlier. They have officially withdrawn their bid to host the 2027 IIHF Ice Hockey World Championship. Now, the Norwegian Ice Hockey Federation said the reason for the withdrawal is a lack of funding from the Norwegian government. Germany and Kazakhstan remain in the race to get the hosting rights for the 2027 IIHF Ice Hockey World Championship. That is a really long name. All of the IIHF names are way too long. I think they do it on purpose. Yeah, I, I do too. That's that's my guess. That's the news for the past week in the NHL beyond. Now, I, I don't know this. You probably don't know this either because why would you? Or I, I definitely don't. Has has Kazakhstan or Germany have they hosted World Championship tournaments before? I I can't remember. I don't know. I'm gonna Google it. I can't remember either of them doing it. So it'd be kind of nice for one of them to get it, um, just to, as a first for either country. Um, but I, I'm still like a little bummed that there's not a U.S. city in there trying to to go for the World Championship, but. I don't know. I love Wait, that. Are we asking about the World Juniors or the World Championship? World Championship. Okay. Nope. Maybe I probably should spell the words correctly for me to find the answer. I guess they don't want it in the U.S. because this is usually going on during the Stanley Cup uh, playoff tournament. So maybe that's why they don't want it in the U.S. Maybe I just thought of that myself, and yeah, that would make sense. But it's good for I mean, Germany yeah. or Kazakhstan to get it. Oh, so Germany's ha- held it eight times. Wow, really? Three of which were in West Germany. That was a while ago. Most yeah. recently, they did it in 2017 in Cologne. Huh. I guess it was. A, it looks like it was a split between Cologne and Paris, obviously in France. Interesting. That's interesting. Uh, Kazakhstan has never held the IIHF World Championship, according to this article. Inside the games dot biz. I, I got to tell you, after watching the show uh, on Netflix called Home for Christmas, I really want to go to Norway. Norway looks like a gorgeous country. I'd love to check it out one day, and it would be so much. So it would be really cool if, like, I planned a trip to Norway and got to see a World Championship game. But thanks to the government, ain't gonna happen. <laughs> All right, so Coach Dan, is that it for the show? I think that's it. Let's wrap it up, buddy. All right, guys. Well, if you'd like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is tweet to either one of us. You can tweet to me at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people tweet to you at? You can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach Dan, talking all kinds of Capitals-related stuff, including how they're sometimes doing well, not so well. A loss of the Flyers, a little embarrassing, although the Flyers are playing some good hockey right now. Uh, you can also find me on there talking about Arsenal Football Club, top of the table. Talking about the Bills, we got a big game against the Dolphins, first round of the playoffs. Tua, not playing. Not playing. It's too, that's too bad. Anyways. Um, Do you want to know who I, I'm there, guessing for the Super Bowl? 
Who are you guessing? I think it's going to be Buffalo and San Francisco. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Brock Purdy, Mr. Shannon. Irrelevant, the last guy in the draft. A QB that would be a good the, story. That, going to the Super Bowl. That, that would well that and then the the you know Bills potentially winning their first that would be uh, it would be quite quite a story for yeah. everybody. But I think uh, Patrick Mahomes may have something to say about that. But uh, also they're talking about the Commanders fired Scott Turner, but they're in a very awkward spot because the team is likely going to be sold, but not until after the probably sometime in March, and at that point. All the coaches that they could potentially bring in if they wanted to replace Ron Rivera, if they wanted to uh, bring in an offensive coordinator. Like, you need to have all that in place already, I would imagine. So basically next season is just going to be like a dummy season until the new owners decide who they want the following year. They bring in Derek Carr? Nope. Hard pass. No? <laughs> nope. 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 Mm-mm-mm. They drafted Howell. Let's see how this guy can do it. He did, he did, you know, he did okay. He did okay against Dal- uh, I mean, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, Sam Howell. Isn't, his, isn't the QB Heineke? No, man. That's the No, okay. Heineke, the dude that's been bouncing around, did pretty well. Started to not do so great. They put Wentz back in. He sucks. And they're like, you know what? We're going with the rookie. They drafted him the last offseason. Okay. So, the rookie. I also feel like if that kid actually turns out to be pretty good, they should have named the team the Red Wolves because his last name is Howell. Like, come yeah. on. The marketing writes itself. It really Anyways. does. That, I mean, that's a, such an easy one to go with. So, anyways, uh, they suck. It doesn't matter. But somehow that's finding me on Twitter, at WTP Coach Dan. But, hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatthepuckpod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out, as well as all sorts of other things related to the Capitals, the Bears, Stingrays, uh, the Cubs, Hershey Cubs, not Chicago, from time to time, as well as other things related to the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash what the puck pod. But Brandon, we were talking football a few moments ago. There's another team in the uh, great state of Maryland that has a playoff game this weekend. Is there a podcast someone should listen to before that game? That's right. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. Me and my buddy Josh will get you ready for the Ravens versus Bengals round three in wildcard under the lights. Sunday night is that game. Might be your last chance to see uh, the Ravens play this season, so you might want to check it out and listen to my podcast beforehand. Now we do this show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and YouTube. All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple Podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. And let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and and Hive and Discord. Anywhere you're social, on the web, or with your phone. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. Saturday night, 7 o'clock. The Caps are up against the Flyers. That game is at 7, like I said, at home in D.C. Last time we see the Flyers this season, you can watch that locally on NBC Sports Washington. Actually, I think you can watch it nationally on NBC Sports. I'm looking at the networks here. So there you go. If you were going to watch it nationally, you can or locally. And then on Monday the 16th, the Capitals are in New York, actually on Long Island, not in Long Island, on Long Island, 
up against the Islanders. That game is at 7.30, and you can watch that one, NBC Sports Washington. And then on Tuesday, December 17th, back-to-back games, the Caps travel back to D.C. up against the Minnesota Wild, don't you know? That game's at 7 o'clock, and you can find that one on NBC Sports Washington locally. All right, Coach Dan, I asked you this last time. We got back-to-backs Monday, Tuesday. What goalies get in what game? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. How's Minnesota doing? I have no idea. Uh, you know what? Kemper plays probably against the Flyers again. My guess is he plays against the Islanders, and we see Lindgren against Minnesota. Okay. All right. Good stuff. All right, everybody. That's it for the show this week. Everybody, say it loud. Say it proud. Let's go, Caps. This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.